It is five o'clock in Salford. How are you this Tuesday? Are you well? It's me, the BBG, back with you between now and seven o'clock. I've another, I think, very interesting programme coming your way. It's the BBG, not the BBC. You're listening to the Richie Allen Radio Show, live from Salford in Greater Manchester. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yeah, it is myself. You're listening to Europe's most listened to independent radio show, me, the BBG. Mark Bayerski will join me at around about 5.35, the founder of the Pure Energy Healing Academy, joining the programme. Love the man, one of the nicest and most interesting people I know. Lots to talk about with Mark. You can tweet me, BBG Richie, that's the Twitter thing. And you can send a message if you so choose through the website, Richie Allen. .co.uk to message me through richieallen.co.uk Yeah, it all sounds very blooming dramatic, doesn't it? Get the bloody jab. No, no, I won't get the bloody jab at all, I won't. Get the bloody jab. No, they're getting increasingly desperate, more and more letters, more and more text messages. You know, it's happening, it's happening to everybody. Get the bloody jab. No. They should give James O'Brien from LBC, they should, they should take that little clip and just start bombarding people while they sleep through their phones. You know, you don't know what's going on. Get the bloody jab. No, absolutely not. Go and boil your bottom, is what I would say to that. Yeah. Sajid, Sajid Javid is the new health secretary. He's held all of the, well, the big offices, hasn't he? He's been the chancellor hasn't he? I think he has. And he's been the Home Secretary as well. I know. He was on the telly this morning talking about the end of restrictions or so-called Freedom Day, July 19th, which is a week on Monday. And he was asked by the presenter, a guy called Neil Patterson. Neil said to him, come here, uh, Health Secretary there, what are your own mask plans? What are your plans after masks are no longer legally required? I'll always, uh, for the foreseeable future, I will be carrying a face mask with me. I think that's a very responsible thing for anyone uh, to do. As I- is it? Is it responsible for the foreseeable future to carry a face mask? As I've said, the pandemic is, is not over. And uh, if I'm in a... It's never been a pandemic. ...crowded or enclosed space, I will wear a face mask. I, in fact, I'll wear one if, if I was next to someone or near someone that felt uncomfortable... I love this. I would wear one if I sat next or near to someone who communicated to me that they felt uncomfortable. Oh, I'd love that if I was on a train. You're making me uncomfortable over there, you big Irish gammon. Yeah, all right. With others not wear face masks. So and that's, and, the point and that's what I mean by personal responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, but, but also, we, we learned this morning from the papers, and in fact, I've stood it up myself. I mean, government advisors have been briefing out this morning that vulnerable people who may well be concerned about travelling on public transport, given that many people will choose not to wear a mask, you've given them the opportunity to do so. The advice from government for vulnerable people, people with maybe suppressed immune systems and so on, is to travel outside peak times. So we're <laughs> telling people who perhaps have received a cancer diagnosis that they will have to take a bus at five o'clock in the morning. That's what this government means by personal responsibility. Yeah, so there. 
What about the poor vulnerable people? Why is the government telling the vulnerable people to travel outside peak times? Why can't the rest of us, you know, basically just revolve around a vulnerable person and do what a vulnerable person wants us to do, even if it harms us? You know? Come on. It's outrageous. What did Javid say? Well, I've given an example of when I would wear a face mask, and I hope other people would do similar. But to, again, to turn to your particular question on face masks, why can we move from a system of rules and regulation to guidance and personal responsibility? It is because of the vaccine. I mean, the vaccine is, is working, and, and the fact that now we've got the most successful vaccine rollout program in the world, thanks to the NHS and our scientists, you know, what we have is a situation where I think some four-fifths of adults have had at least one jab. Some three-fifths have had two jabs. And we've announced recently our plans for a booster program in September. And the purpose of these vaccines is so that we can slowly start taking our freedoms back. Slowly. You did catch that, didn't you? You're not deaf. And the purpose of these vaccines is so that we can slowly start taking our freedoms back. Slowly take back your freedoms. Your people do. If you have the jab do want to see a return to something that looks more like normal. Of course, there are still other protections in place. For example, the border controls. We're going to have a more proportionate and balanced test and trace system. And so there are other things that will continue to protect us. But the most important thing is the vaccine. And I would urge everyone to make sure that they're jabbed up. Strangely enough, I'm off for my second jab later on today. So the advice is well taken. But, but, but just Good. in terms of... Good luck of with that. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I suspect I might need it getting up at half past two tomorrow morning. I think you might need some luck as well. Off for your second job, are you, Neil? Farewell and adieu to you, to fair Spanish, Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu, ladies of Spain. Neil is off for his second job this afternoon. I hope I see him back on telly in morning. He's filling in for the ginger ninja this week. God only knows where Kay's gone. But uh, yeah, he's getting his second job today. Placebos for anybody in the public eye. What do you think? I've no evidence now to support that contention. That is pure conjecture. It also might be pure horse shit. But I wouldn't be surprised. It's easy enough to control that, isn't it? Make sure anybody who's reasonably well known doesn't get sick and die even after their jab. So I think Neil will be back on telly in morning with news. I suspect he will be. Uh, what about the future? And the prospect of lockdowns this coming winter. What did Sajid Javid, Sajid Javid say to Neil Patterson on lockdowns going forward? Chris Whitty, the Prime Minister and yourself, have, have all said that, mm. that winter may be, difficult, uh, may be difficult for the health service. On that basis, can we just be absolutely yeah. crystal clear? The government retains the power to reintroduce restrictions later in the year if necessary, if, as I'm sure you would say, absolutely necessary. Woeful this, isn't it? What is masquerading as journalism is absolutely woeful. Of course there will be restrictions this coming winter. And you know I can't do anything about that. There's nothing I can do about it, personally. Right? I don't run a business that depends on the footfall of my fellow human beings. So I can only bitch, piss and moan about the cowardly business people who, this coming winter, will commit financial suicide again. There isn't anything I can do about that. I'm no keyboard warrior. If I had a business, I would never have closed my doors last year. Anyway, are you retaining? 
Are you keeping for yourself the ability, the legal, wherewithal, to impose restrictions in the winter if needs be? Look, one, one concern that is uh, still there, and this is uh, throughout the world, is that there will be new variants. I think no one can rule out there won't be further uh, variants of, of COVID, and no one will know uh, what they will look like. There is a risk, and I think it's a real risk, of uh, some kind of vaccine-resistant variant. There's no sign of that yet anywhere. But... Yeah, vaccine-resistant variant might come up in the nick of time to keep us all locked up winter time. Uh, but it, I think it's something that no one can rule out, and that is why it, it, it's sensible to retain some powers. And one of the things I said yesterday, for example, that local authorities will retain their powers at least until the end of September, and before that date we will review them again. So there's a need uh, for... Lock them up in a lunatic asylum. All of them. Every one of them. Put 17 stray jackets on them just to be on the safe side. These charlatans, these liars. How much are they paying Javid and his pals to do this to their fellow man? How much are they paying them for this garbage, huh? Oh, it's some crack this, isn't it? Oh, we can't be sure. Vaccine-beating variant. No variant of any infection ever, and we've heard this from several eminent scientists on this programme, variants don't get stronger than that thing, that infection that it mutated out of. It mutates down. Historically, the variants are fucking weak. Yeah, there you are. I'll tell you. Nine and a half minutes past five. Shocking stuff, isn't it? But you know, it's like, do you remember I was on, do you remember I was on the radio? Do you remember that time when somebody was on bitching about Israel? Do you remember? Do you remember? And I have bitched about Israel many times over the years myself. My tone has changed a little bit. You know, I blame my own government in Ireland. I blame the UK government and the US government for allowing Israel does what Israel does. I don't blame Israel anymore. Israel is what Israel is. Okay? It's, a, it's an apartheid fascist state. Uh, but good luck to it. it. It can only do what it does because we allow it. Our governments are worse than Israel. A hundred times worse. And I look at what's going on now. I don't blame Sajid Javid. Whatever money he's taken, whatever he's been promised, whatever blackmail, whatever votes, whatever video files they have on him and Johnson, I don't care. I blame the goons that get to interview them. Goons, look at Neil Patterson. Google him. Look at the state of him. These goons who stand there and allow him to talk about, oh, oh, vaccine-beaten variants, we need to retain the ability to fuck your lives up again this winter if we find a variant. And that gormless, useless goon, that haggis, that fucking haggis, won't ask him a real question. Yes, that's what's going on. Forever and ever and ever. They've bought the advertising to cover this winter. They have bought the advertising and the advertising space to put up their posters and their billboards. Hands, face, face. It's all coming again this winter. Yes. Yes, 11 minutes past five. Wear the masks for the vulnerable. Wear the masks for the vulnerable. Fuck your life up for the vulnerable. Wear a muzzle on your face. Right? Choke yourself to fucking death for the vulnerable. Nick's wife has cancer. She's vulnerable, apparently. And Nick went on LBC Radio to tell James O'Brien this about his vulnerable wife. Well, really, it was um, listening to uh, Witty and, uh, and, and Valance, and yes. even Boris Johnson, and now Sajid Javid, saying that we're going to rely on common sense. 
for masks. Now, my wife has got blood cancer, oh. um, and she uh, she's on drugs that leave her immunosuppressed. Yes. The fact that when you're going to be on a tube train or on a bus or on a normal train, anywhere that you have to be in an enclosed space, um, and somebody's not wearing a mask, how does she say, you're making me uncomfortable, please wear a mask? Yeah. Does she have a lanyard? Does she wear a flag? And the, and the reality is that... the Why doesn't she fuck off and walk to work? Or, or you get a car and drive her to work, Nick. How about them apples? How about she doesn't get on a tube with a lanyard telling everyone on the tube that she's got blood cancer and is immunosuppressed and therefore they should wear a mask? How about she doesn't do that, Nick? How about them apples? And I don't care how unsympathetic and hard-hearted that might sound. I do not have a hard heart. I am as soft as shite. 24-7. We've never done this. When in the past have we decided to tell people on tubes and on buses, oh, you better wear a mask now because some immunosuppressed person might just happen to be on board and, well, there's a bad flu going around. How about the rest of the world doesn't revolve around your unfortunate wife, Nick? Because there's fuck all I can do about the fact that she's got blood cancer. Nothing. It's nature. Nature selects every year hundreds of thousands, maybe hundreds of millions of people to die. That's what fucking happens. It might be me next year. It might well be. How ironic that would be. Alan is diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Ah, you weren't, you're not laughing now, are you, Alan? No, I'm not actually. No, but the fucking point still holds firm. I won't, in a year's time, given stage four, you get your affairs in order. I won't be going around buses and trains and fucking airplanes telling people to wear a mask because of poor old me. This is insane. The rules and legislation, it's not there for sensible people who take a sensible approach. It's there for the idiots who um, harangue Jonathan Van Tam and Chris Whitty and, 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 and Nick Watt. Did you hear? Oh, really? was, did, um, did you hear that? Did you hear that last bit there? This this logic, referring to people on tubes who will not wear masks as idiots. Have you heard this? A flag, and the, and the reality is. The reality is that the rules and legislation, it's not there for sensible people who take a sensible approach. It's there for the idiots who um, harangue Tom ah, and Tam and Chris yeah. Whitty and, 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 and Nick Watt. Ah, so people who refuse to wear masks on the tube are idiots and they are the same as the men who harangued Chris Whitty, Van Tam and the BBC's Nick Watt. The people who won't wear masks on the tube, harming themselves, by the way, by doing so, who won't do that, are are akin to the guys who harassed Whitty, Van Tam and Nick Watt. I've heard this logical approach somewhere else before. How do we tell whether she is made of wood? Build a bridge out of her. Ah, but can you not also make bridges out of stone? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah cool. uh, Does a wood sink in water? No, no. no it floats. It floats over into the pond. <laughs> What also floats in water? Bread. Apples. Uh, very small rocks. Cider. A great gravy. Cherries. Mud. A churches. Churches. Lead. Lead. A duck. <laughs> exactly. So, logically, if she weighs the same as a duck, 
She's made of wood. And therefore... A witch! A witch! That's it. That's the sort of logic you're dealing with there, right? Right. Let's hear a bit more yeah, from really. Nick. Let's hear a bit more from Nick, uh, whose wife has cancer there. And it just strikes me that yeah. taking away everything in one fell swoop, he's just trying to say, look at me, yay, I've beaten the virus. Vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Yeah. And that's all we hear. But actually, there's, a, there's, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people who are immunosuppressed um, who will not have a choice, will no longer have the backup of saying, well, please, it's the rules. If, if your wife is on a tube and somebody there is not wearing a mask... Or, or, and, and, you know, uh, to overcomplicate things, there, there is an argument that because they've done all the other things, the masks on the tubes do actually become superfluous because if you're going to turn big towns and cities into petri dishes in, in lots of other contexts... The difference, the difference is, though, James... Carry on. Sorry, the, the, sorry to interrupt. But no, the difference is, is that she can choose yes, whether or not point. to go into a nightclub or yes. a pub. Um, but sometimes you have to catch transport. So if you have a mask mandate on transport in healthcare settings, yes. I mean, you could be in a hospital yes. sitting in a waiting room yes. where you have to be. This is, the, 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 you know, and at the moment it's required. So you still have the, the idiot, but they're not, they're not supported by the current regulation. And, and of course, the, the point you're making brilliantly, and I wish you weren't in such a position to make it, Nick, obviously. He's so lovely, isn't he, your brain? Make it, Nick, obviously. How, how can she get that? Egypt over there to wear a mark. How does personal responsibility... He has no personal responsibility to a stranger on a fucking train. None. This is insanity, this. It is so fucking insane. It is genuinely driving me mad. This is not an act. This is driving me around the bend because I cannot see any opposition to this lunacy anywhere. A good presenter with some balls would be kind to Nick because it cannot be fucking fun if your wife is struggling with blood cancer. God love her and good luck to her. But a good presenter would say, where's the quid pro quo, Nick? Eh? Is your wife and yourself, are you sending money to those who you wanted to close their businesses last year so that they wouldn't compromise your immunosuppressed wife? Are you? No, you're not, Nick. Why are you not doing that? Because you couldn't give a fuck about the guy whose business is going down the fucking toilet and witted his fucking marriage and his children's futures. You couldn't give a shit, could you, Nick? Be honest about it, pal. No! And while it's very sad that your wife has got blood cancer, I don't give a fuck about her. I really don't, man. Because I don't know her. And I am not going to muzzle myself. Put my own health in danger so that your fucking wife can get on the train. Right? It's, isn't it just absolutely insane, this? Isn't it? Isn't it? And they want to paint people who speak logically, and I know I'm ranting, I'm well aware of it, and I know there's no need to shout, I'm well aware of that as well. But I am losing my temper. Where's the logic? It's insane. Where's the opposition to this lunacy? My wife has got blood cancer, so the entire fucking train should put a mask on when she gets on. No. No! No, it doesn't work like that. Life has never worked like that. Ever. And you know they want to paint people. P 
people who are speaking logically, as I would be if I wasn't shouting, right? They want to paint you as some sort of far-right lunatic who is full of hatred and who doesn't care about anybody else. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing. At least in my own case, anyway. I can speak for me. I can't speak for anybody else. There are certain things I would be prepared to do for a total stranger, you know, that asks for my help. But this is insane, this is. It's, it's really insane, you know. And it's been driven, it will be driven by the private sector because Johnson has basically said, look, we want people to stop wearing the masks but to use their own personal responsibility in the future. But the private sector can do whatever it wants. And that's where we're going to be. The private sector is going to drive this nonsense and you'll be in lockdown again in the winter when the government threatens that the... That that, that the cases are on the rise again and now we've got winter flu and we've got some other respiratory ailment as well. We can't do anything about it. We've got to bring in all of these restrictions again and then the vaccine passports will come in. It's all happening. Here's a couple of incidents of the media trying to get rid of honest engine scientists today and doctors. Talk Radio's Ian Collins had Ross Jones on this afternoon. She's a paediatrician, she's retired, and she's a member of the Heart Group. She was up against a pro-mask scientist. She's not convinced of masks, nor is she convinced of lockdowns. Here's Ross Jones. I think one thing is that the, the evidence that lockdowns, etc., have actually been helpful um, is very lacking. There's a, a large study from the National Bureau of Economic Research in the US, which looked at 43 different countries and all the states in the US and found that the shelter in place orders or what we would call a stay at home order have actually were associated with an increase in excess deaths. So you might gain a bit by having less COVID deaths in a short term, but all you did, as, as Boris always saying about flatten the sombrero, was pushed it down the road a bit. And at the same time, you got more non-COVID deaths, which outweighed any benefit from reduction in COVID deaths. And apropos of masks, I would love to see any real world data that showed the sort of masks the general public are wearing and the way they're wearing them has any impact whatsoever on transmission. We've all seen people out. You know, I was taught to wear a mask at work. You wash your hands, you put on a mask which was clean. You then held your hands like this. You did not touch your face. You did not touch your mask. After two or three hours in theatre or however long you were there, you took your mask off. It went to a hospital laundry for a 60 degree wash. We see them out and about. You know, everybody's doing this. They're, they're pulling them under their chins. They're wearing them on top of their heads. It is all it's been used for is a psychological tool of control. And the fear factor and the way Spy B have controlled are the data coming out, the daily deaths messaging. And the thing about now is that, yes, there are cases. Or are there cases? You, what you mean is positive tests. It is not at all the same as a case. She's going to mention PCR now. Watch how quick she's gotten rid of. all the same as a case. It's just a PCR test, which we know has had a fast um, uh, false positive rate. OK. Let, let, can what I just... we need to know about only <coughs> is, you know, serious okay. hospital admissions due to COVID as I get, a I get, 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 get her off. Get her off. Get her off quick. She's a doctor qualified to speak on this matter. She's talking about lockdowns being 
you know, more harmful than good. She dis- she destroyed the mask mandate. She's now getting into the cases and how the PCR test is probably showing a lot of false positives. Ian Collins couldn't wait to get her off. Ian Collins calls himself a journalist. Yes, that's what he calls himself. Over on Sky News, Sarah Jane Mee had Robert Dingwall on. Now, Robert Dingwall is a big cheese. He's a very big cheese. He's a member of the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation, right? His group is advising the government on who should get jabs and when. Now, they talked about the jabbed and the masks and track and trace and all of that shite. Sarah Jane Mee then asked him, would he personally be sticking to certain restrictions, keeping, keeping certain restrictions even after they have been dropped, right? The question was basic, the end of the interview, or nearly the end of the interview. Um, Professor Dingwall, after July 19th, will you keep some of the restrictions? This is what he said. Well, to my mind, the, the only thing that has really made a major impact on transmission has been working from home and shutting down everywhere that people mix. Um, the evidence of face coverings has been uh, uncertain, weak and, and ambiguous. It leaves plenty of room for people to cherry pick on either side of the argument. But what will you uh, be doing? Just briefly, we've only got like 20 seconds. And the evidence on social distancing is uh, similarly weak. So you're dropping all restrictions in your daily life from July 19th? I plan to. The Cuddy's mic. The Cuddy's mic. From July 19th. I plan to. Okay. Get him off. Professor Dingwall, good to see you here on Sky News. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back with uh, more in a couple of minutes. You hear her, she's very flustered at the end because they've been screaming at her in the gallery. They've been screaming at her in the gallery. Get him off. Get him off. And when he says, when she asked him to, to, basically to confirm that what he was saying was that he planned on ditching all the restrictions after July 19th, they faded his mic down. It's astonishing, this stuff. It was unthinkable when I worked in commercial media. It was unthinkable. This guy's a JCVI scientist. He's a big cheese, as I said. He's just come out and said the masks don't do very much. They're not very good. Not much evidence either way, really, uh, to support using them. And, uh, you know, he went on to say, well, I'm just going to, yeah, give up all the restrictions. Get him off. Get him off. This is how the media is operating today in 2021. Lots of doctors and scientists are sure that the masks are bollocks. Last night, back on LBC Radio last night, Ian Dale, a presenter, allegedly, got into a bit of a tiff with the Conservative MP Miriam Cates over masks. It's all getting a bit too much for Ian Dale. This is last night now. Bear in mind, you've just heard a number of doctors and scientists say that masks are effectively useless. This was last night. And and actually, have we assessed the risks of wearing face masks constantly, especially to our... Brilliant question. Have we assessed the risks of wearing face masks constantly? The presenter butts in. Sorry, are we really going to have that argument again, which we had last March and April? That seems a bit of a ridiculous point to make. He's a a lion sack of horse manure, Ian Dale. There was no debate last uh, March and April about the long-term harms of wearing face coverings. 
there was none whatsoever. I know this because I'm a monitor of the UK media. It never happened, ever, full stop. You, when the scientific the consensus now, well, there is well, a scientific, scientific consensus. There's no scientific consensus because we've just heard three scientists today say that, well, the masks are pretty useless, you see. They said that we'd be at three times the number of uh, infections, deaths and hospitalizations than we were two weeks ago when the government decided to... That, that wasn't, so that wasn't a scientific consensus, that, that was one report has been correct well as i said show me the peer-reviewed study and where is the study that shows why we wouldn't want to continue wearing face masks? but look i completely agree with the prime minister this has to be now about personal attitude to risk and if people want to continue to wear face masks and i think they will on public transport crowded public transport will you? Then that is their decision no i won't will be. you you won't how irresponsible can you get then well i think uh, freedom is very important i think showing our faces oh is goodness. part of being human well, I don't think that would have been an unreasonable. You, you are supposed to be. You're, you're supposed to be a journalist, you fat piece of shit, Ian Dale. But you're not. You're a you're a failed Conservative Party. You're a would-be MP that failed three times. You're a Tory who worships Margaret Thatcher. You've got Rachel Johnson on LBC. They gave uh, programs to Jacob Rees-Mogg. They gave programs to. To, to Rachel Johnson, Boris Johnson's sister, who's now presenting. You've got Julia Hartley Brewer, who wrote for The Telegraph for years, who is an avowed, a committed, uh, died-in-the-wool Tory on talk radio. The fix is in. There isn't a journalist in the country. There isn't. They don't exist. You have plants effectively masquerading as journalists. Look up Ian Dale if you don't believe me. He's a failed Tory. A guy who stood for, at least he learned his lesson, not like George Galloway, right? At least he learned, I can't get elected, so I'm just going to nod. Don't give me this. Galloway was elected previously. He's, he's lost about 10 elections in a row, Galloway. Right? Or five or six or whatever the hell is. Ian Dale is a failed, is a failed would-be career politician. This is what you've got now. That's the line. If you want to use their own termino- terminology, this is the front line supposed to protect the public against tyranny look what it is it's their best friends it's their best friends it's a thing of beauty to behold isn't it you've got the tyrants the media should be there to destroy them to protect the interests of the people but the media now consists of the tyrants friends and bum chums and former business partners former MEPs, sisters of Prime Ministers. (laughs) This rant was a long time coming, this rant, you know. I'd kill, and not because I want to grandstand. I'm not interested in grandstanding. Not, Not interested in it. I'd kill to be given a day just to speak to the, to the likes of, of, of Sajid Javid and some of these sage witch doctors just to show how it should be done. What can be done when a man or woman does the right thing and asks questions and doesn't allow them squirm and and wiggle themselves off the hook, you know? When you say, no, 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 no. Look, I have all this evidence about Sage. I've got it all here. I can see how many of you, your alma maters, how many of you have taken money from Bill Gates. I've got it here. And Gavi and Seppi. I've always said, given a day, given a show, you know, if I was to somehow 
transpose myself into or, or, or transplant my my soul into the into the into the body of the BBC News at One presenter, whoever that is, Chakrabarty or or that other region who does it sometimes, Fiona Bruce. Just give me one show. I'll do a lot of damage in that one show, not by grandstanding, but by asking a few simple questions. Amazing. But that's your media now. Tories like Ian Dale. It's exactly 23 and a half or 25 and a half, having a clue, minutes to the top of the hour. Here's a, a tune from the beautiful South. Thank God for that. And I'll calm down a bit. Mark Boyerski will be with me in a few minutes. The founder of the Pure Energy Healing Academy, live from Spain on Tuesday's Richie Allen Show. You're very welcome to it. Thanks for joining me as usual. And the women took their yeah, it's lovely, that beautiful South and Rotterdam on the Richie Allen Show. 25 minutes to 6 o'clock. Nice to be hearing from you on Twitter. Thanks for all your tweets. It's BBG Richie. I know you'll be excited about my, my guest, as you always are. BBG Richie, you can send me a message through richieallen.co.uk. If you're somebody who doesn't do the Twitter thing, that's one way of reaching me. Lovely tune, that. Have the old vinyls, the old beautiful South vinyls, yeah. They're not worth much, but they're they're great listening. I, I mean, worth in terms of... They're not collectible, at least I don't think so. Uh, David is on his way to Leeds for the graduation of his son. Sent me a lovely photograph of him, de- of him decked out in the garment, in the gown. All the best, mate. That must be a nice moment for any parent. Speaking of parents, let's welcome back to the programme a great friend of mine, I mentioned at the top of the programme, and I mean it when I say it. He's one of the most interesting, but also one of the nicest guys that I know. He is an author. He is the founder of the Pure Energy Healing Academy. He spends a lot of his time in Spain, but also elsewhere. Huge welcome back to my pal and yours, the great Mark Boyerski. Welcome back, Mark. How are you keeping? I'm very well. Can you hear me? Loud and clear, you've got a gorgeous yeah. new microphone that you're showing off there. I know, <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm looking into a Rod, 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 R-O-D-E. There's a bit of advertising for them. Yeah, there are <laughs> other other microphones are available, people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a great, it's a great mic and you, you do so much on, on YouTube. I should give a mention to that because um, I know I do. I'm not lying when I say I do. I do regularly check in with your YouTube channel. My much better half never misses your YouTube channel. It's a terrifically positive, but not just positive, um, very important life skills, life information that uh, you can glean from checking Mark out on on YouTube while he is still there, it must be said. Uh, YouTube.com, just look for Mark Boyerski. Now, this is kind of... I shouldn't laugh, right? But it's been a bit dark before you came on. It's been a bit dark. I, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, right? I shouldn't laugh. But you, you sent me an article from El País in English. And the reason I'm going to laugh is, is because you, uh, I don't know if you'll be too old, but El País is reporting that adults in Spain might one day be mobilised by the Spanish state in times of crisis. Uh, this is this is in El País today. National security law. Spain drafts a bill allowing the state to mobilise all adults in time of crisis. 
Mr. Bierski, we're here now. This is full-on tyranny, right? What else is it? I don't know. I, I, I tell you, I was just thinking when you were saying what you were saying um, about <laughs> you, you, you're going to go insane. I think a lot of people who see what others don't see are actually going insane. I think we might be all going insane. The awakened <laughs> and the aware are literally in a madhouse. So we're, we're joining the madhouse. We're, you know, we, we're actually, if if you stand back and you're on another planet, it's people like you, Richard, <laughs> that think, bleed, we need to help this guy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because we're, we're, in, we're going insane. It's like my, my jaw is dropped. 24 hours a day. My, my friends have to lift my jaw back up to my mouth because it's open all the time because I literally, I'm stunned by the, I, I'm not going to say it, but you know what I'm saying? I'm I stunned do. by yeah. how people are reacting to things that are not there. It's almost like they can say that there's aliens about to attack any yeah. second now. And everybody, if it's on mainstream media, would run out and scream. And and it, it really, if they said, I really mean this, if they said, we have just found out that there's dinosaurs just landed on planet Earth. They're heading towards the UK <laughs> right now in the sea. Please, everybody, lock your doors and don't come out. I would suggest that 95% would lock the doors and the other five, like you and me, would walk out and be laughing our heads off. This is how it feels, Richard. It feels like we're living in some kind of twilight zone but that's a that's a bit of a corny expression no it isn't i feel like i'm in a, i'm in a, a world that did i actually choose to come here because as a spiritual being i really believe that i chose to come here so why am i so affected in the sense of shock that humanity is standing in a queue waiting to get an experimental poison into their body which it is it's experimental and has actually killed all the animals that they tested it on and they're watching people being basically trolleyed away shaking because their their body system is falling to bits they look at it they look at the man they look at all the nurses and doctors running into the albinus and they're thinking how long is this going to take i need yeah. the the injection so i can get on with my life 100%. Let me read this, by the way. I'm so glad you sent this. I think El Pais in English has taken this down. I wonder why. I wonder have they come under pressure to take it down. All adults will be required to provide personal services to the state if a crisis is ever declared in Spain, according to the reform of the national security law being prepared by the government. The draft legislation, which incorporates lessons learned during the coronavirus pandemic, indicates that all citizens, without exception, that includes you, Mr. Bajarski, must follow the orders and instructions of the relevant authorities if a state of crisis or situation of interest to national security, as it is termed in the document, is declared. They want to get a bill through the parliament in Spain that basically says, if we say that an emergency is happening or a crisis is happening, national security, a virus or whatever, you as a citizen will do what you are told without exception. This is extraordinary stuff. This is through the looking glass stuff now, isn't it? It really oh, yeah. is. 
And yeah, yeah. we thought I mean, of Spain as free, yeah. didn't we? I thought of Spain as a place where, 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 where the citizens, where the ordinary men and women were suspicious of the government, where they would never tolerate this. But you told me, and you're not the only one who told me, the Spanish have embraced it all, have they? The masks, Absol- the jabs. Absolutely. absolutely. Do, you, do you know what I'm drinking here? I'm drinking a Barry's tea and then I realised how weak, <laughs> how weak the Barry's variant tea is. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to change to a Yorkshire variant. Yorkshire that's tea. A, that's a weak tea as well. And then I tried the Indian one, and then I thought, you know what? I probably need an out-of-this-world tea. <laughs> the Lambada tea. There's a Lambada variant now that's emerged gotta, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking it's it's got to be something of out-of-this-world that comes through next. It's got to be a, a meteorite. It's got to be uh, something that is so – because you've got to keep – the stage show, the game going. And, you you know, people get bored of games. So what you do is you keep adding to that game and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And by that way, you basically, you you sigh up people's minds. You, you, you know, give them bread and circuses, but the circus becomes bigger and the elephant's bigger and, and, and then there's 15 tigers and, wow, this is getting even better. And, and this is what they're doing. And it's funny, we, we talk about what's going on. I believe right now, that after 2020, when all of uh, the the awakening started happening for so many people, I was filled with joy. And I've got to admit, I came on your show and I said, there's 51% of people who are absolutely now awake and aware. And I, I stick to that. I believe that was yeah. the case. And it was at that point that I was praying every day and doing meditation and helping people saying, look, this is the moment. And everybody was saying, what are you talking about? I'm saying, this is the moment. We have to now embrace this and take that as part of our life. We need to look after ourselves. We need to be our own guru. So I I preached in a sense. I did. I was like shouting, saying, come on, guys, stop looking at other people as your guru. You've got to be a self guru. And there was a reason for that, because at that point, at 2020, which is clear vision, That was our moment to elevate. That was humanity's moment to elevate because the darkness knew that at that point they were going to fight back and do something. And that's when I think I can only describe it as spiritual codex. It came in and then it attacked humanity in a spiritual manner. And we're now in a spiritual war, Richard. um, And this is the problem, I think. We all want it to be one thing. And it's a bit like, you know, I'm I'm um, I'm going to kick your head in because you don't like uh, Manchester United, and you I you do. support somebody you support somebody else. Well, what's happening here is uh, Mark, you're wrong. It's a flat Earth. Mark, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a spiritual course, yeah. bypass. Yeah. Mark, you're wrong because it's the five G. Mark, you're wrong because it's Mark, you're wrong. And it's like, hang on, guys, how about we might be all right? All of us might have a point, and why don't we come together for the higher yeah, yeah. reason, for for the greater cause, that we know there's something very wrong. But you've said it, Richard, and you said something to me the other day, and this is what I've been trying to tell people. It doesn't matter if God himself came down from the sky and said that the system is the darkness and everybody who talks through the system is a controlled puppet who is an absolute dark and evil and taken over by greed and power and you need to stop. It wouldn't matter if he came. They'd still be queuing up saying, how long is it going to take for this injection because I've got to get on with my life? And the system will keep going no matter who exposes it. 
because the system can never get touched. And what I noticed, and, and I, I'm not a politician, but I'm saying this is a this is a skill of a playground bully. What's happening here is there's diversions, and every time it gets so unbelievably um, apparent that they're they're doing something that they shouldn't. They take a politician and then they throw him down because he was a naughty boy and he was caught with his pants down. It's a typical nice scenario. I don't yeah. believe at all that the guy um, who ha who was kissing somebody in an elevator that just popped up at that time. Come on, people, please. Underneath this the uh, underneath the camera. I mean, look, the guy might be stupid, yeah, but he's probably yeah, not yeah. that stupid, is he? I mean, people like you and people who start to think and say, you know what? No, mate, this is not right. This is this is just too coincidental. Every time throughout the whole of my life, somebody's had their pants being pulled down. Something's happened. They've been caught. And then with that, there's a whole heap of energy that disappears with them. And quite frankly, after a year or two, they end up in a brilliant position and then they get pulled out every now and again to give a talk like Tony Blair. Yeah, so yeah. it's like the system is genius. You've got to say, wow, actually, this is genius because the system never, ever gets touched because everybody looks upon finding somebody to blame. When I said to everybody, it's not people. It's the system that needs to be dismantled in the sense that stop looking at others to try and fix it because they can't fix it because evil doesn't fix anything. Darkness doesn't fix anything. It, like you said uh, a while ago, it destroys everything. The only thing that the only thing that I believe can save this world is if there wasn't a world of power. If you take power out of your life completely, then you've got love. But if you've got power, what happens when people have an ounce of power? Give a man a gun, give a man a stick, give a man a, a job which gives him power and see, you'll see the true man himself or woman. So I, I think, you know, for me, we're living in right now, Codex, we're living in um, a tyranny where, spiritually speaking, we are all being attacked from so many different angles, whether it's poisoning of the food, whether it's poisoning of the water, whether it's... Um, uh, poisoning of the air, whether it's um, um, electric waves, whether it's whatever waves, or it's your computer, whether it's the, the algorithms, whatever it is, there's, there's an attack, a multiple attack on you every single moment of every single day. And that's what I think we are right now. And we've got to be aware of that and say, okay, I'm being attacked now. I know I'm being attacked and it's not just one way because there's so many things that are happening. And that's when this this moment, that penny drops, that the only person who's going to help you isn't Mark Bayerski, isn't Richie Allen, because them two are just talking. So what do I need to do? And that's where we are. And that's why I came on the show. You know, this is about uh, telling yourself to be healthy and how to become healthy and how to become strong and powerful and get yourself through these coming years that, to be quite frank, around you, you're going to see madness. There's no doubt about that. We can see it. But how are you going to handle this this game? Because this system keeps moving on and it isn't going to stop, I don't think. No, what do you, you feel about that, Richard? Absolutely. You may, you, one of the really important points is it matters not which puppets sit on the throne. The system carries on. I think you made a great point when you said that 
there was a a real awareness of that for many people last year. I think many people who, for example, you go back to the Donald Trump thing, people were delighted with some of the things he was saying because he was saying things that, that few of us could disagree with. You know, I'm going to take all of our troops out of Afghanistan and, and Iraq and elsewhere. I'm going to go after crooked Hillary Clinton. I'm going to do this. And when, when none of that materialised and things were more or less the same on the Trump watch, for many people, it began to dawn on them that it's an illusion. We've talked about this before. The left and the right are illusions to keep you trapped in the mindset that every few years you get the chance to make a change. But the problem is you don't because the system controls all of them. Every Well, not every candidate, but the ones that have got any chance of winning. So that's hugely important. And I think you're right. I think that has been... There, there is more of an awareness of that now. Problem with that, and again, you've identified this, is that for many, that realisation is terrifying. And I'll tell you why before you come back in. I, I'm not telling you why, you know this. But I'm suggesting the reason for that is they wonder, what would we replace it with then, Richie? And they fear a vacuum. So if we turned our backs on the criminal elite um, institutions, the, the globalists, the banks, if we turned our backs on the politicians, people fear that the vacuum will be filled by the strongest, by the toughest, by the meanest, by the hardest. Now, I know you don't believe that, and you're going to tell us why in a minute, but they fear that. They look at skinheads and football thugs and people who really don't care about other people, and they think those people will fill the void. And then some of them think, I'm better off with Boris Johnson and I'm better off with Joe Biden. They fear the alternative. Well, it's not just fearing the alternative. What it is, is that we've created a world of um, of criminals. We've created a world of scallywags, gangsters. And um, we've created a world where uh, the only thing that's important is having the nice car and how do you get there if you haven't got the education so we create we've created the world that we live in we create we deserve the government we get because of how we behave and how we are but i could probably dismantle that in 5 minutes yeah. so how i dismantle it is on a personal level people are scared they're frightened they said you know if we don't have a government and the police then uh, if somebody comes around and beats me over the head what are we going to do well, you know, I can't remember the last time somebody came around and beat me over the head. I can remember the last time a policeman throttled me and uh, threw me about, which is a, a few weeks ago, uh, a few times. And uh, so I, I don't really see that being a great argument. But here's my point. If you were to dismantle the system and say, right, guys, here, here's my idea. My thought and feeling is that that the community takes care of the community. So no more do you uh, answer to anybody in a seat of power that shouldn't have that power. So basically, the community is the um, answer to all problems. And if you take away uh, greed, meaning that if somebody came to me and knocked on the door and said, look, Mark, I've got an idea. Why don't we make this community equal? Let's say that all of us are equal. Most people are going to say, but we're not equal. Um, I'm more intelligent than that person. And that person's a bum and he doesn't do anything. I would argue back and say, maybe he's a bum because he hasn't found his path and what he wants to do. Because in the world that we live in, it doesn't really guide you in a way that people can stop and say, actually, I can see a gift and this is your gift. 
<clears throat> so I'm going to try and help you because the government, the system trains you to be a doctor or a nurse or to be a, a solicitor or a scientist that feeds the system. So that's that's quite simple. We clear the system. It's no longer needed for that moment of time that we decide to give it a try. OK, so now, OK, what we'll do is we'll share everything. So nobody is richer or poorer. OK, so now you've got a world that if it's if if the scallywags would allow that and say, OK, if they if the criminals, if the if the mafia would allow that, if, if we could end up like that, then we give our wealth and we are equal in wealth, meaning that we can travel freely. All of us, we can eat freely and f uh, with food, fruit and vegetables. We can cr grow them in every single borough of all over the world with natural seeds all over the world. We share them with the world and we'd all work together and in our own unique way to give our gift in whatever we do. So we all give our energy in which way. Richie still is a, a host talking about how to help people and, and you know, and Matt Bayerski is giving healing sessions and, and other people are doing the things, but we're doing it in a way that we do it for each other. And we're not doing it for money. We're doing it for love. We're doing it because we care for each other and we want to help our children. So we raise our children in a different way now. So children have lots of mums and dads instead of just one mum and dad. So with lots of mums and dads in the community, children now are starting to understand different ideas from different people. So now they're becoming more aware of life and they're becoming more educated, which sounds a great thing. I'd like to have lots of mums and dads teaching me things and I, I learn more from mums and dads. That's great. So you you get that energy that all of a sudden now it's not about the, the fancy house, the fancy car. It's about people. It's about the common people who want to feel as if they're in a community, which that's all being killed deliberately. We've been We've been torn apart. We not we don't even know our next door neighbour anymore, or we fear them, or we hate them. Yeah. Deliberate. All of this is deliberate. This is the system doing this deliberately. This is the bully keeping everybody from talking to each other. Why? Because if everybody talks to each other, and they all say, actually, we're being stuffed by the bully, and we all come together and say, well excuse me, we're not doing what you're saying anymore. Well so we, we realise that what we could do in this world is we could all come together and say, we don't want the bullies anymore. We want to get rid of them, and actually, we want to create our own community and I'll give you a great example and I've said this a few times many years ago there was a guy up in the mountains who was a, a, um, a mayor a so-called mayor and decided to to run that um, particular uh, urban urban place so basically he was building houses <clears throat> freely for anybody to come but if they came the agreement was it's going to cost you 150 a month to be in that house. Uh, we'll build it for you. But part of the agreement is that you help us as a community. So if we're building another house, you'll just come along and help us build another house for somebody else and plant fruit and vegetables. And you're, you, you know, you take the fruit and vegetables through the day, but you help plant them like all of us. And, uh, it, that was so he was so dangerous to the system that the article was uh, probably the size of my uh, fingernail right they tried to get the article down so much because they feared what he was doing and people were praising him saying that this is the most beautiful place to live and they were all loving it but i'm sure it's been compromised now because it was too dangerous so for me i think there's no reason at all why we can't get rid of the system and we can start again in a way that will be free from 
uh, tyranny, free from um, um, uh, craziness. I mean, who started craziness? Who started? I mean, first of all, when you actually on a one to one level, you're frightened of what you said, a skinhead. I mean, what's a skinhead? A skinhead is a guy who's, who's shaved his head because he's sick of the system and he wants to be different. That is a cry for help because he's been told to wear a suit and he doesn't want to wear a suit. So he gets angry. And, you know, there's so many reasons why I can say that actually the world isn't such a bad place. It's just that the system has created a bad place and thus created people who are ruler. And like me, as told as a child, Mr. Bajerske, you are unruly. And I used to say, good. And Mrs. <laughs> Bajerske, Mr. Bajerske, your son, Mark. He is out of control. He is out of our control. And I used to smile and think, good. And those are words that are important. We Real meaning. Real meaning, those words. In other words, he is out of our control. He's outside exactly. the, 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 the uh, what's the word I'm looking for here now? He's outside the pigeonhole or the, or, or the pen that we want to build for him. He's outside of that. And that's not good uh, for them. They don't like it. Yeah. And Richard, when your yeah. eyes open, when your eyes open yeah. in the world, and as a kid, my eyes opened to uh, abuse. And when I used to walk down that aisle into the wooden box, which I had to, you know, f make up stories that I was a bad kid. One day I said, I'm not doing this no more. And I knew that the priest wasn't a good priest and he was doing some pretty awful things. And uh, he used to enjoy beating kids. And, and I'm thinking, I'm not going into that box with that man. I'm not going to say, I, I haven't done anything wrong. You will, just get, get in that box. And and it came to a point, I, I was like a dog. If you hit a dog enough, he's going to turn and bite, right? Yeah. So at that point, I started biting and I became an unruly kid and I used to fight all the time. And people used to say he's not a good kid, but I, I, I wasn't not a good kid. I was screaming for help because I could see the lies. I could see the manipulation. I could see teachers who used to come into our... Uh, um, changing rooms when we were having showers, and and he kept looking at us. And I used, I went to the headmaster and said, you know, this 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 man is looking at us every time we're in, and and I'd get beat. I was whipped for that. I was whipped for it yeah. for saying that, you know. So you realise that the whole system is geared up for control. It's all about control. Let me jump when, in there now. Let me jump. I love this. I yeah. love this. So while ninety nine point nine nine percent of the world that you talked about, while I like that a lot, and I've seen it in action. I've been to Morocco. I've been, we've been, you've, you've seen it in action. We've been down Fez. Yeah. You don't even have I've to go to Fez. You can see Tangiers. You can see this in action. Now, however, 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 yeah. there will be people listening to this and they will say, obviously a lovely bloke, obviously intelligent, but really what he's describing is communism. What if I don't want to live like that. What if you I don't have to? Well, let That's me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Don't have to. No, Nobody's but, but, telling anybody to do anything. Yeah. It's only guide. It's only yeah. people who are healers who are trying to help people. If somebody wants to do something else, then so be it. But it, look, you said something valuable, right? I, I, and it's about the, the the masks and everything. Look. I don't want to wear one. If you want to wear one, no problem. Yeah. And that's how I see life. You want to do what you want to do? Absolutely no issue. But leave me to do what I want to do. And just to confirm something with you before we carry on, there was an island that I stay at near Bali, and it's called Gili Air. 
Gilead is a tiny island. You can walk around it in uh, 40 minutes, right? On that island, there is no police. On that island, there is no enforcement in any way. On that island, there are people who live there in communities uh, of different types, Muslims. Um, anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. Lots of different communities, okay? But most of the island are the islanders. Um, I lived on that island for a few months, and I witnessed with my own eyes how the islanders um, self um police. looked after looked after themselves no policing what happened i'll give you a for instance <clears throat> there was a little boy who was playing football and he ran into it isn't even a road it's a track and one of the little tiny horses with a wheel with um wheels uh, at the back carrying people ran over the little boy now uh, it wasn't a bad run over because it's like a, a wooden wheel. It went over him and the little boy cried. The guy stopped, got out. The mother said, look, be careful next time because this can happen. The man on the horse said, I'm so sorry. They hugged. They all hugged each other. Right. And then they got on. Right. What have we created in Huddersfield, in America, where there's a blame, there's a claim sue them, do this to them, yeah. do that to them, hate them, punch them. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, kill them. Do yeah. whatever you want, you know. Ruin their life because uh, they've done what A they've mistake. done. So, yeah. You know, what, what I'm saying is, Richard, that, that there's we have lost the real essence of humanity, Ooh, of yeah. our spirit. It's been erased because of what the system has created. We are all automatons. Not you, but a lot of people. We're all robots. We're all rabbits. And I've got a distinction. Of, I've got there. like this phrase that we're all rabbits. And the reason why we're rabbits is because a rabbit goes out of his hole and every day he runs down the same road every day. Predictable. Why? Because he knows he's safe. Because he knows this little track. He knows that he's coming back and forth and he's always going to be okay. But the system the system knows that you go up and down that track and the system gets a snare whenever it wants and just puts the snare there because it knows it can catch it anytime you want because you keep going up and down that track and that's how easy we are now to be manipulated and snared and that's how the system works. It makes us into vulnerable and it turns us into criminals when we are absolutely loving, kind people. The system is created to turn you into a criminal because of what you don't do. Isn't that genius? It's incredibly clever. You're right. To, to, to take it on, you've got to acknowledge what it is and you've got to admire it. No, the point I was making, you know, let me read a couple of tweets first of all, because sure. um, there's huge sure. interest in this. Uh, I people, thought I was spiritual, Richard. I thought we were talking about spirit. I'm going to be this is very, But this is very spiritual. <laughs> It, it is for me. Um, it, it is. Callie, Callie has been on. People need to differentiate between communism and communalism. Very different nice. animals. One is an elite construct. The other is natural order. Uh, Mark's talking obviously about communalism. Definitely. Let me go on. Don't interrupt me for a minute now, you. 
quiet you. Just for a minute. Imagine me telling somebody not to interrupt them. The cheek of me, the hypocrisy. Anyway, you Ewan says, Ewan says, what Mark is describing sounds a little bit like, uh, or a lot like the Ubuntu system that Michael Tellinger wrote about. I did interview him many years ago. I think it is Zulu in origin, a system based on contribution instead of competition. Most people, well, pretty much everyone on Twitter is loving this. Now, on, I made a point earlier about people being scared of the vacuum. John tweeted, this is very interesting, I don't think they're scared of the vacuum. They mostly don't think about things. At Stand in the Park recently, a woman approached and asked, what were we doing? I said, we, the people at Stand in the Park, that we're worried about what's going on. Blank stare. We're really worried about jabbing kids. Blank stare. And the woman said, really? So John said they're not scared of any vacuum, any void, if we got rid of the politicians, they don't think that far ahead. It's just that they just haven't a clue what's going on. They just don't know. They don't think about these things that we're discussing because of all the reasons you've described. They're pushed by the system here and there. They're scared. They're told to hate the other, hate the gay man, uh, despise the trans person, hate the uh, Muslims, hate the Jews, and all of this consumes you. Be competitive. Have a bigger car than your neighbour. Have a bigger house. Win, win, win all the time. Beat everybody else. And if you're consumed with that, you can't stop and think for a second about the things that we're talking about. Absolutely. I've gotten, you're not going to get an argument from me yeah. at all. I mean, my life at the moment for the past um, uh, year and a half has been observation because I, I've had to stand back in awe of the madness. I, you know, I've just had to look at it and, and watch it. Something really um uh, in, interesting happened this morning. I I often ask if you believe in this kind of uh, work or believe in what I believe in. I believe there's a higher presence, a higher energy that that can help us if we attune to that energy. And sometimes we get messages, whether it's from a thought or whether it's from a dream or whether something is presented to us. So I was asking, wh why why is it that? the mother and the, the father are queuing up for an experimental jab, even after seeing somebody in um, uh, lying down with a nervous system wrecked, shaking, yeah, yeah. being uh, driven away. And as I, as I was driving, I've got to say, this is going to sound really hypocritical, but and and I'm not, and I'd, ra I'd, I'd rather be honest, but I've never had a new car in my life, really. And um, the past few months, uh, my accountant says, I'm getting rid of a car. And I says, oh, well, I don't think I can afford one of your cars. He says, you will put it through the, the, the business, the company I sell. I said, so, so it won't cost me anything. Well, no, it's just a good business. I went, okay, I'll buy it. So I bought this uh, car because I, I was talking about, I want to live in the countryside. I don't want to live in the city. I don't want to live even in a village anymore. And uh, to, to be able to do that, you need a four wheel drive. So I ended up buying this four wheel drive from him. And um, today I was driving the car this morning and as I was driving, there was nobody in front of me and on the, on the other side of the road, there was cars queuing up. So there must've been some roadworks. And as I'm driving all of a sudden from nowhere in between two cars on the, up, on the other side, a little boy, eight years old, had a scooter and just flew out in front of me. Now, if I would yeah. have been in my other car, he'd be dead. And that is no joke. I, I, on my heart, he'd be dead now. And I, I slam on this brand new car and it it basically kissed the boy, the, 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 
the plastic bumper kissed him just gently. So he just got a touch. And on the other side, everybody was saying, un milagro means that was a miracle. Yeah. And I was on full alert. So I was, I can't believe how quick I was. I went into shock at that moment. I pulled the car over. The boy was in complete shock. We, we, I got out of the car and sat with him. He's on the floor, sat on the floor at the side of the curb. And I said to him in Spanish, are you okay? And he said, yeah. And um, I looked and I thought that was me years ago when, when I nearly died on the road. And then I, I, I looked at the road and thought, the road's been freshly tarmacked. And then I thought, I know what's just happened. The young lad probably skates across that road every day when it's a pelican crossing, where it's a zebra crossing. But because it was freshly tarmacked, it wasn't there. But in that boy's mind, that's where he crosses. So he never even gave it a second thought. So I said to him, do you cross here? He said, yeah, every day. And I said, is there white lines there? And he said, yeah. So he confirmed something to me. And I realized two things at that point. I realized, Richard, that if I didn't have that new car because I didn't want it, because I didn't want to have people say awful things to me that I got a new car and <laughs> who does he think he is now? Yeah. But I got it. I just thought, okay, I'm just going to get it. If I didn't, if I was driving my little tiny car, I would have killed him that day. He'd be dead now. And I would not be here on this show and I probably wouldn't ever do any videos again and I probably would never talk about anything because I don't think I could get over uh, killing somebody and I realized how precious life is and how delicate life is at any given moment and it made me realize that we are like rabbits we are so used to doing things that we don't think about doing it so when you have a system that keeps repeating to you, cross the road here, wait till yeah, that red yeah, light's yeah. on and stay, stay where you are. When it's green, cross the road. When that is repeated all the time, and I mean this in not just that way, I mean in all walks of life. When you get ill, don't worry, go straight to the doctors. When you get ill, go straight to the pharmacy. Don't wait till your body heals itself. Get straight to the pharmacy, have your tablet. Then if you get ill again, go back again and get another tablet. Cross the road at the zebra crossing. And all he was doing was like every other soul in this world. We've got so complacent and so used to crossing the road because when we see the red light, we'll stay there. Even though there might not be a car in sight for 10 miles, we'll still stay there until that turns green. Deep. Weird. This is deep, right? Was there a time, do you think? We, we, we've all heard the names of the famous philosophers throughout history. Was there a time on planet Earth? Now, I think we both believe there was, you've done far more research than I have, but we both believe that there was a time when we were more intelligent creatures than we are now. Now, that being said, do you think there was a time when mankind, ordinary men and women, did give a little bit more thought to why? Why am I doing this? Should I continue to do this? Is there yeah. another approach to this problem or to this journey? Were we a bit more, um, yeah, inclined to, to, to be a bit more philosophical maybe than we are now? Well, I've really got a, a lovely friend called Lynn and um, she, she often sends me things and um, something was said today that 
kind of put shivers down my spine a little bit because it kind of felt right. And I go with my intuition and it's never really let me down. And she said, Mark, there is, there's, there's a kind of whisper in the air and people are talking about this now. And that whisper and that thought, that notion is that this great reset happens every so many hundreds of thousands of years when we get to a point that our spirituality awakens so much that we're wiped out and only certain people are left, children or whatever. And I said, that that's really quite, quite scary in a sense that maybe that happens and maybe this is another reset and maybe this has been going on and maybe that's why we don't have a huge history of knowledge but we've been told about our history we've been told about knowledge but you know is it real i mean do we believe in anything that we read in books anymore for me i i take it all with a pinch of salt now i i really come to the point in my life that when somebody starts speaking to me i'll say i'm really sorry you're gonna have to stop there i don't speak brainwashed <laughs> i don't speak brainwashed i like it i'm going to use that i'm sorry there i can't continue this conversation i don't speak brainwashed Mm -hmm. Absolutely exactly. right. Mark Bayerski is our guest. MarkBayerski.com is the website I would like you to check out. He's an author and founded the uh, Pure Energy Healing Academy. Mark can be found on YouTube as well. A great YouTube channel there. Join tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who check out his videos. This has been a uh, an incredibly fascinating and enlightening conversation for me thus far. A couple of things I wanted to, to, to just bring up, because they're nice things, you know. Um, you do take the piss out of me. I don't mind you taking the piss out of me. Uh, uh, David, David Icke used to do it all the time, and others, because I'm supposed to be the, um, you know, the stone-headed man who uh, doesn't have any interest in the esoteric or the spiritual, which isn't true, of course. I, my, my interest has developed over the years to where I'm all ears now, but I get this all the time. But 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 really, you, you, I wouldn't be speaking to you if um, I didn't um, have some understanding of what you're talking about, and if I didn't believe that um, what you're telling me is uh, is true. And what, and first of all, the most important thing is that you believe it to be true. Whether I believe it or not is irrelevant. The fact that you believe it to be true. Things are happening, it's strange little things, you know, I do a music show on a Sunday, it doesn't matter, it's just a music show, and I'm doing it, and I, and I get messages from people, uh, and they say, oh Richard, fair play to you, it's nice to hear you on Sunday morning, blah blah blah, and then a few minutes later I'll get a message back from somebody who, who says, you played a song there Richie, I don't know why you played it, but uh, <laughs> it's very important to me because my, my dad, I'm thinking of Christine, in Ireland. Mm -hmm. um, my dad's anniversary is today and this was his favourite song. And you know that the oft-mentioned El Frogo Tremendo wanted me, <laughs> wanted me to put this to you because it's happened more than once. And I know mm -hmm. that more than once, once maybe is a coincidence. Maybe. But when it's happening regularly, I find it, I find it lovely and also a bit mysterious. But I know mm -hmm. you have your theories. Yeah, would well, you want me to answer that and tell you exactly what it is? Please, yeah, absolutely. Okay, it's called channeling. And um, channeling is basically your higher awareness, not you, not your brain, but your higher awareness, that, that what the system um, suppresses and stops you from going anywhere near. Um, your higher intuition, your psychic, your, um, your, your, 
your, your beautiful divine gift of seeing and knowing without your brain knowing is um, feeling other people. And without you yourself knowing, your body will automatically pick something up, which I would call, um, I would call your vinyl would be my tarot cards or angel cards. And that I put into cards, uh, put into uh, little tiny packets and then ship them off to people as a gift or they bought it and they'll say, did you actually look at the, the writing on that card? And I'll go, nope, never. And they say, well, that's exactly what I'm going through right now. And I say, because you're loved by spirit and your family and spirit are watching over you and they have this beautiful, divine, gentle nudge of helping other people help you. So whether it's in a song, whether it's in words, whether it's in um, something that you do, um, uh, the spirit world gets it to you. So whether you like it or not, Richard, you are part of um, the world of um, the awakening of spirit and the journey of life to help and heal others. So within your work, you are actually a healer. You, so in my world, you're a healer, healer through music and healer through your intuition. And that's a beautiful thing because the, the, the answer to all of that is that you can only be in that state if you are more in the flow. So I would predict that from last year till now, you are more in the flow. You understand life more than you've ever understood it. And you're more in tune with your heart, even though you might not think and you're always in the brain and you're working, but you are more in the heart. So you are becoming more aware and more, and I don't like to use the word influence, gently nudged in a way that you have certain understandings through your life that the spirit world knows so let's say jane who lives on this planet earth jane's dad died called fred and fred knows that you like a certain track that she likes or he liked and he wants to get a message to you so he gently nudges jane to listen to your radio show and then gently nudges you to pick the right record to play by a little thought little that you think yeah. I'm going to play that record yeah, yeah. and people think I'm crazy but I've done this work for 20 years and nobody can tell me that that doesn't exist because the spirit wor world works alongside us every day and are always showing us these signs but most people are like that rabbit they're just running down that road and back and going back to the hole that's it but when you step away from that rabbit hole and say, you know what, I'm not interested in the system. I don't even want to look at it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to even go there. And for the time that you say, you know what, I'm not looking at that. I'm just going to play some nice music. I'm just going to meditate. I'm just going to go for a walk. They're the times that the spirit world can influence you because you're not in the brain per se. You're not angry. You're not bitter. You're not fearful. You're just in a more balanced place. So I would suggest that the happiest moments of your life, Richie, is when they're happening. But when you're angry and sad, you can't be influenced by spirit. You can only be influenced by the darkness. So that's why it's so vital now that all of humanity, anybody who's listening to this, the most important thing is balance. You have to find your happiness in a world of madness. That's a brilliant answer, and I love, I love the idea of it. And and I'm, I'm wide open to it. And I'd have to say. Yeah, it makes sense to me because it's happened so many times. It's a lovely thing, the idea that somebody 
here would be thinking about somebody who's not here physically anymore and, you know, somebody who means so much to them. And then, you know, a song comes on and that you've been some conduit for, for that. I think it's lovely. And uh, it, it does make a lot of sense to me. On, on the anger thing and the balance and the problem with anger, um, it's it's a rare thing for me when broadcasting to, to, to lose my temper, very rare. You could probably count on one hand, probably, maybe two hands on, on this particular programme in seven years, nearly seven years. Um, I lost my temper earlier on because what I'm hearing is preposterous. And it's not nice to be losing your temper. And maybe, maybe somebody was listening for the very first time. They might not come back. They might think that guy's a lunatic. But it's not the case. Would you say, and feel free to be as critical as you want, uh, to use it as an example if you want, that's not a good place to be? Or And, and God forbid, I'm not going to compare myself to Jesus, not in a million years. But didn't um, aren't we told that at one time when, when, when Jesus saw the moneylenders, that he properly lost it, smashed up the tables, told him to get out of God's house. Again, I'm not comparing myself uh, to to, uh, to Jesus um, at, at all. But what do you think of that? Are you putting yourself into a bad place by allowing yourself to get that angry, even if it's only for five minutes? Uh, well, <clears throat> I don't know whether whether it was anger or passion. I think you were. It, there was an anger is a different thing to me. Anger is when you want to go and you know, smash something up and, you know, yeah. just cause complete chaos Which um, I don't. for no reason. There's a big difference. I think you're passionate, Richie, and people know that. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that at all. What I, what I do believe is that we, we can very easily fall down a slippery slope when we start doing that kind of, um, uh, uh, work, which is the, the work that you do. I mean, I don't know how actually you keep your, 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 your energy up because if I was fully working and embraced in what you do, seeing the injustice every day of every minute of every hour, I've got to be honest, mate, it, it, ta- it takes a real strong warrior soul to be able to to keep that balance like you do. That's why people love you, because they know, like I do, we couldn't do what you do. You're one in a million. I know you you don't like me saying that, but it's bloody true, mate. You're one in a million. That's why we support you. But, you know, you know, everything that I see right now, what's going on, I, I look at people and, and I try and point out these things to them. And like I was sat with a woman the other day and she sat down next to me and she put her hand, a fist out. And um, a friend, a good friend of mine said the same thing. And I said, you know what? That's exactly what I observed. Why is it that everybody's now putting their fist against each other? That's a sign of a, of a fight. Why is everybody going with an elbow at each other? That's like Muay Thai fighting. These are parts of, of bodies that you, that part of the body that wants to fight. Why is it that they point the, these, these guns to test your temperature at your forehead when they can easily test it on your, on your arm? So everything that I'm seeing, it, it seems to anybody else that I'm, I'm actually far-fetched. I'm going, uh, look, look, mate, Mark, I love you, brother. You're a beautiful guy. I get this every day. Mark, love you with all my heart. You know I love you, but this conspiracy stuff, I'm not interested. And it's like, really, have I become a conspiracy theorist? 
do, do I, do, you know, all the years that you've known me, all the years that you came to me when the doctor said, I can't help you anymore. And I, I opened my arms to you and, and shared all that I learned from, from my healing experience to lying you down to healing you and spending hours and hours and hours clearing the root cause that no doctor could ever find because they only want to plaster you. They just want to put a bandaid on it. They don't want to find the cause they, they, you know, <clears throat> they just want to just just band-aid it. I want to get to the cause. I spent all those months and years helping you, sharing all this information to this point where we're sat together and you you think I'm a conspiracy theorist. It, it It's like, for me, it breaks my heart in one sense because how can family look at you as if there's something wrong with you when they've lived with you all your life? They know you. You know, my family said, you're crazy. How can you be a healer? You're not a healer. You're an auctioneer. You know, but you're my family. You know me. You should know me more than anybody. And and why do we limit ourselves? Why do we, we limit our families? Well, you know, why do our families limit us? So one of my, my uh, huge um, teachings is leave the home as fast as you can. Travel the world as soon as you can and and find yourself. And that would be something I would be sharing with people soon as and if at all possible, we can. I know a lot of people are going to be saying, yeah, Mark, right, yeah, as if I'm going to have an injection. And you're right, guys. And um, I guess this point now we have to learn uh, patience and we have to learn how to love ourselves. We have to learn how to take care of ourselves. And imagine if you are in prison, in a virtual prison, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to roll over and cry and 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 moan and 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 feel depressed and want to feel suicidal, or do you want to say now is the moment? I'm going to make myself as strong as I can, and you know even like if I open the curtains and nobody's out there, one day I'm going to be able to be that strong and that powerful that I will be able to walk out feeling strong and amazing and and powerful and. And that I think we need to start. We need to start really looking at ourselves and the individual person. Stop looking at other people. Stop judging other people. Stop telling them what they should and shouldn't do. Just start to work on yourself. And I'm telling you, once you start working on yourself, that pain and suffering disappears and people don't bother you as much and you become heightenedly aware of things and then magic comes into your life and then balance comes back, power, strength, and magic, magic, magic all around you. And <clears throat> that's the only thing I would suggest to people right now if they're depressed. You know, this is your moment. And um, you give somebody <clears throat> an ounce of knowledge and 99% will just say, oh, that was nice. Thanks very much. See you later. And go back to what they normally do. It's the 1% that you need to be now who said, I'm going to take information and knowledge and strengthen myself. I'm going to look after my body. I'm going to start looking at what kind of herbs heal my body. What is wrong with me mentally, psychologically, spiritually? at yourself in the mirror and start to say, okay, now I'm going to work on that protocol. I'm going to do that every day. And <clears throat> you're never going to lose when you put your beautiful body temple as the first thing that you get up. And the last thing you do, if you put that body temple first, I promise you guys, you'll be a different person the next time I come on the Richie Allen show. 
It's lovely stuff. Mark Bajarski is our guest. The time is flying by. It's 28 minutes past six o'clock. Uh, it is here in the UK anyway. This is a Tuesday's programme, the 6th of July, 2021. Love having Mark on. MarkBajarski.com is the website. See, I've lost my voice from screaming earlier on. Um, MarkBajarski.com. You'll find Mark, of course, on YouTube as well. I've mentioned that already. And uh, do check him out. Um... Something I wanted to ask you, but dismiss this out of hand now, if this is a bit silly. I, 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 I was watching with great interest last week when England played one of their games. The media covered um, Uri Geller big time. I, I used to interview uh, Uri back in my Spain uh, days. Well, probably once a month or whatever. It was a bit of fun. I didn't mind having him on. Um, in the end, I got bored. Not bored with Uri, but I couldn't talk to him about Israel and about spying and about all that stuff, Mossad, because he wouldn't let me get, get into that, so I didn't speak to him anymore. But he used to talk about, you know, um, positive energy and the power of positive thought and all of that. And with all of this stuff about trying to influence football games and influence the ball and all this sort of stuff, somebody did ask me to ask you for your opinion on that. Is that just silly stuff that... Or is there a deeper message behind that, that, you know, if enough people in an area, you know, collectively, begin to start thinking positively, their thoughts to become more positive about themselves and about the people around them, that it could make such a difference. I'm not going to ask you a stupid question like, can you influence the result of a football match? I'm not going to ask you that. But what do you think of that, you know? It's an interesting subject. There was a book that came out called The Secret. And um, in The Secret, it was like everybody who were, was like a big butch bloke yeah. who didn't want to go anywhere near spirituality. All of a sudden, there was a, a crack in the wall that you could get them to come through. <clears throat> and that was really quite interesting because people were starting to buy into it. And the fact that you can influence, you can go into a car showroom and grab hold of a car wheel and pretend it's yours and think about it all the time and it becomes yours was quite um, intriguing to a lot of people. And yeah, that's one way of getting, you know, people who are not into spirituality, into spirituality. Um, people like uh, Jack Canfield and th those people who talk about, you know, business and how to, you know, influence business. But if you really talk to them, they actually um, work on the level of spirituality. So that was really interesting to me. So I started uh, trying this. So what I did was I went to this this shop, this little tiny shop in the village, and uh, I thought, I'm going to give this a try. So I went to this little tiny shop and it was shut, been shut for years. It's only a little tiny shop. It used to be a butcher's shop. And I thought, if I have this little shop, I could make it into a crystal store downstairs. And upstairs, I can do my healing work and my psychic work. And it's perfect. This is a shop. There's no other shop in the village that is this. It's pretty. It's tiny. And I can afford to do it out. And it's probably worth about 90000 So I'm going to manifest it. So for three years, and this is no lie, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it, Richie. So for three years, um, I went up to this shop during the morning when I walked my schnauzers and hold on to the bars of the little shop and pretended to open the doors and, and pretended it was mine. I was doing the secret and I did it with all my heart. When people said to me, you didn't do it right. No, I, I did do it right because I'm very passionate and I held them doors and I thought about it for three years. <clears throat> One day there was a for sale, for sale sign. Anyway, I, I went because I tried to find the owner, but they weren't interested because there's a number of families that own it. So they were bickering. Anyway, it came up for sale. So I was the first in there. So he said, oh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to sell it to you. So I got, I got the mortgage ready and I went back and uh, he said, oh, I'm sorry, I've sold it to somebody else. 
I said, oh, okay. So I walked out of that shop and I thought, well, I hung my head down and I thought, well, the secret didn't really work then, did it? And as I was walking down this street here, for some reason, I said to myself, oh, okay, it didn't work. Forget it. Just let it go and get on with your life. And at that particular moment when I did that, and this is no word of a lie, my head turned to the right-hand side. I looked up and I saw this beautiful building that I've never seen before. And it's gorgeous. It's filled with glass. It's huge. And, and it looked empty. And the lady next door was on the balcony. And I said, uh, is, it, is that place uh, for rent? And she said, yeah, it is. And I said, do you think I could rent it? She said, yeah, I don't see why not. I'll give you the guy's number. So I rung this guy. I said, Ben, can I rent that place? He says, yeah, sure you can. And I said, how much? He said that. I went, really? That cheap? He went, yeah. So I'm here now, sat in this place. Fantastic. And I look back and I realize I spent three years wasting my time when I should have just got on with my life and lived it in the flow of life. And anything that you deserve will come into your life at the right moment. That's that's fantastic. That's what I got from the documentary about the the, the secret because I I saw the documentary before reading the book, and that's what I got. Don't be obsessing about stuff. Uh, certainly, don't be trying to bring material wealth into your life. But if you want good things to happen to you and those around you, and you think about those things, and you can also park them. You know, basically the universe will do its thing. I think Noel Edmonds called it something different. I think he said cosmic ordering. But again, mm-hmm. he, he stressed, you know, you're not ordering success. You're not ordering money and massive big cars and jumbo jets and all of that. You know, you're wanting you know, good things, basically. Richard, let me tell you something, right? I'm going to tell you this is the truth, okay? For, for From being a kid at eight years old, my uh, father used to take us to Poland in a a Volkswagen uh, caravanette. And it used to be the most exciting part of my life. And uh, as I grew up, um, I never really looked at women. I never really turned and looked at them, but I used to turn and look at mobile homes. My girlfriends used to think I was mad, but I would (laughs) never not turn my head at a mobile home. Um, and they'd say, well, what's wrong with you? And I said, oh, that's a beautiful mobile home, that. My God, what a gorgeous mobile home. They thought I was crazy. So all my life, I looked at a mobile home, dreamt of a mobile home traveling the world. <clears throat> and um, as of late, um, for some reason, I've been blessed and my business has picked up and people like my crystals. And for the 16 years that I've worked with those crystals, I kept them crystals for 16 years. And one day I put them on the website and they started to sell. People really started to like them. So eventually um, I ended up with a really, really healthy and successful business that I help people every day all over the world with, with that success. I'm not greedy, but one day uh, I thought, I'm going to get a mobile home, right? So I ended up going to Fuengirola and there was a guy selling uh, the, uh, all the mobile homes because his business was going bust because of COVID. So I ended up getting this mobile home at next to nothing. Um, and um, I parked it outside here and then I went off and then uh, I, I slept the night and uh, got out and it was beautiful sea view, a La Herradura. And a sinking feeling came over me. And do you know what that sinking feeling was? Go on. That the dream was more beautiful than reality. Wow. That, 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 that the 16 years or, or longer of fantasizing about traveling around in a mobile home, the reality was something different. 
Yeah. But not negative, that, though. That, that upset me, Richard, because now that dream's gone and I haven't got another dream to replace it. So I'm not saying I'm sad or anything, but I just want people to understand that sometimes the dream that you dream is the dream itself. Yeah. And that is my reality. Maybe not yours, but it's something to think about. Keep hold of that dream as long as you can because it keeps us going. It's funny, you know, there were things when, when I was in my teens, my late teens, there were things I thought that I would very much like to do. One of them was to end up in in Spain and to be involved in a bar there. Now, this is true when I was younger. And another one was to be to be a DJ. Because when I was younger, I had a difficult childhood. And one of the things that was very helpful for me was late night radio, pirate radio. You know, the, the, the offshore radio stations, even the Irish pirate radio stations were very important. And I used to think, I'd like to do that, you know. And, and then you, you see Clint Eastwood and Play Misty for me. And then you see the fog in the radio station. And then you see Good Morning Vietnam. And, but I never did anything to try and bring those things into my life. Never. You know, I never decided, well, then I'm going to, to do certain courses so, so that I can become a, a radio DJ. But these things fell into my life. You exactly know? the point. That's yeah. exactly my point. Yeah. That's exactly, I mean, if I was to rewrite the secret, it would be written in that way. Things fall into place. They come at the right moment when you're when you're ready. So this is the, 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 the see, I'm a little bit cheeky. I, I don't, I speak on a really uh, simplistic way because I've got dyslexia and dyspraxia, but deep, there's a lot of deep meaning when I say to people, you've got to work on yourself because by working on yourself, everything falls into place and everything comes your way. Everything's ha everything happens. If you fully focus on the negativity and what, what could happen in the world and everything is going to go wrong, if you focus on, you know, screaming and shouting all day long and you have no balance in your life, then all you get is that energy. You, you don't allow for anything else to come in. It's like if you're angry, to me, it's like watching a kettle boil. All you, all you do is wait for that kettle to boil. What else is happening around you? It doesn't matter. I'm just waiting for that kettle to boil. Yeah. But then there's so much else happening. And thus I say, don't don't get angry. Try, try to just let it go and just say, where I am right now is where I'm meant to be. And where I'm going to be taken to is exactly where I'm going. I repeat that every day. And uh, I believe it with my whole heart. I follow that flow. I do not ask or want anything i just say you know if it's meant to be it's meant to be and that that i see more miracles in a life than somebody saying i really want that yeah, i want yeah, yeah. it i need yeah, it yeah. i'm gonna meditate on it i'm gonna om om every yeah. day i'm gonna do the secret and i'm going oops maybe that's a little bit obsessive maybe it's too much how about letting that go putting it out there if you want no 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 problem with that but just letting it go and getting on with your life. And then and live in the present and then live yeah. in the moment that you're in, which I've That's tried it. to learn how to do over mm -hmm. the years with varying <clears throat> degrees of success, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm getting better at it, not worrying about what happened yesterday because I can't change that. You know, some bad things happened over the years, things that happened to me and things that I did that I'm not proud of, but I can't change those things. Uh, the future, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I can't do anything about that. What I can do is live in the moment. Now, I've got to ask you this because it's already 20 minutes to the top of the hour. And when, when, I, when I said that you were coming on, I mentioned it yesterday, I mentioned it on Sunday, People said, uh, Richie, ask Mark. 
if um, if he wants to talk about it. Has he encountered vaccine injured people? We got into this on the programme before and you felt that there might be some evidence emerging that people who have had the jabs, that it might be difficult to reach them as a healer. Now, I want to... Um, when I say I don't want to, you get into whatever you want to get into. You're the guest. But um, the, the jabs are causing injuries. We know this. Um, far greater numbers than, than maybe most people understand. What, what are you hearing? And have you encountered any of this? Well, my first observation started when I sat down and I was doing a live video and people will hopefully confirm that with you. I, I got aggressive really quickly for no reason and the aggression was on my face. I looked back on the video and thought, wow, I got really upset there and I don't get upset. So why was I angry? And then I realized somebody was sat next to me and uh, I like, wow. Anyway, after the the, the talk was over, I uh, asked the person, um, is everything okay? How do you feel? Healthy? All good? All safe? All secure? Didn't ask him if he had the jab because it's none of my business. Just like it's nobody's business if I haven't. So, sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. Good man. So, it's a good so, point. So, so, so everything okay? Yeah, I've just had my second jab. I said, nice one, mate. And then I turned it to a greyhound and I was off, right? So, this happened once. Then I did another video and exactly the same thing happened. I looked angry. Didn't know why. Turned around. And then, I, and then I, I, I did the video, finished it, and I started getting a headache, a really bad headache at the front lobe, and then it went to the back lobe, and then my eyes started vibrating, and I'm thinking, oh, there's something in this, and I said, hi, are you okay? Yeah, I'm very well, dear. Everything okay? Feeling safe? Feeling happy? Yeah, I've just had my second jab. Okay, turned into a greyhound again, and I'm off. This started occurring uh, every day. And what I realized is that people who were um, jabbed were um, coming up to my energy field because they don't realize that their energy field is really weak when you've had the jab. So they're, they're a bit like what people call, I don't like this cliche, but people call some people energy vampires and they don't know it. Meaning that when people not feeling well, they always turn to somebody who was happy and joyful and then they, they suck the energy from them and then they get up, feel great, and then they're off. And the other person who's just give them all that energy, it feels like they've just been beaten with a, a, a sledgehammer right. and, and exhausted. So um, over these past few weeks and months, people have been watching me getting up and leaving my table and people will confirm this. Every morning I do a, a morning talk, I'm up and off because out of 50 tables where I go and sit, nobody's on any of the tables, just me. Somebody comes to the next table right next to me and I say, hi, everything okay? Feeling safe? Yeah, just had my second jab. Okay, bye. And I realized that they hold an energy that once you've had the jab, you've lost a, a kind of um, a real spiritual energetic field that is a self-healing mechanism from the antenna that you have. This is the best way I can explain. So we have an antenna. We have an energetic field that works on the frequency of this universe, this cosmos, this earth. When you compromise that with chemicals, what happens is the body goes into what's called a shock energy. And that shock energy then causes a spiritual kind of mess to your energetic field. And I can see that now. And I can point out people who have had the jab from a distance of like 100 feet. And uh, I'm pretty good at it now, even though I don't like to say it, but I know it. Do I know personally of people who have had the jab and who are not well? 
Uh, if I said to you hundreds, I wouldn't be exaggerating. I have photo evidence of people going to the toilet and tons of stuff is coming out of them, uh, which is really bad blood, uh, unusual things. And also, which is really important to know, that people who have had the jab, if you're near them, will cause your energetic field chaos, which will cause you nosebleeds, uh, eye um, issues with the eyes, very bad. It could cause tinnitus. It could cause uh, really strange feelings in the body. You could start feeling angry, aggressive, depressed, because you're you're next to somebody who's not anymore vibrating this is the at shedding a thing. frequency, Richie. Yeah. That's my truth. This Sorry is, to say. No, no, this is the shedding thing. And if if we have listeners this evening who think this is, you know, a bit out there, you are, we are hearing about shedding from some, you know, very reputable doctors and, and scientists who, who are talking about this. You know, we've heard from, we've heard from people who haven't been jabbed, from women who say that their menstrual cycle has been messed up by, they feel by their proximity to people who have uh, been jabbed. So um, it's very important to talk about that. I'll, I'll, I'll make a prediction, not that I ever do, very rarely. But my prediction is anybody who's not unjabbed is going to become uh, the most sought after person, soul in this world, not only for your blood, but for your sperm and for your, your eggs, uh, because you are organic, you are natural, you are healthy. So you're going to be worth a fortune. It's interesting that, isn't it? Uh, the other side of that is they're, they've got the, the youngsters. By youngsters now, I mean in their late teens, in their early 20s. The type of people who are using dating apps. You know, God, when we were dating, there were no dating apps. There was no internet when I started dating. Well, maybe there was. No, there wasn't. Uh, certainly wasn't any mobile phones. Now, some some users of dating apps are using the I've been jabbed as a badge of honour. And, you know, only swiping uh, positive, uh, you know, taking a, a second look at maybe a potential date if they've had the jab. But if you get over a certain, I suppose you, you go past that, you get to people like us, more, it's, it's more likely or, or it's more possible that people like us of our generation, you, you know, would be horrified that anybody well, is being jabbed. Well, well, let me just say something about apps. Um, many years ago, I was uh, um, a reader of People's Futures and a guy from Silicon Valley came uh, for a reading who was uh, opening three companies. And um, he was a, a multimillionaire and he was in the industry of uh, dog food. I'm not going to say it because you'll probably know who it is if I say it anyway. So uh, as he came into the reading, he started asking me, um, uh, was this a good idea? Was that a good idea? And uh, and I said, it's going to be huge. And I said, but I see a lot of, um, uh, um, I don't want to say the word, but deceit. And he started laughing and, and I said, why are you laughing? He says, because an app isn't really what you think it is. And I said, what do you mean? He said, an app is built for one thing and one thing only. And I said, what's that? He says, to retrieve your information and to sell it to the highest bidder. Yeah. And that sent shivers down my spine. And I told people this and they just laughed at me. They just laughed. 
I, but I'm certainly not laughing. I don't think it's funny. I, I can see that clearly myself. I suppose p- people with smartphones, most of them have 50, 60 applications they've downloaded. And you're absolutely right. They're inviting a presence that they're completely unaware of, a third party, to spy on them through their device, to mine their data and then to harvest it. Absolutely right, Mark. It's it's astonishing. And not just and not just that, Richard. You know, at the end of the day, humanity. Um, and I, I hate to say this, but you know, it's true. Humanity, not through their own fault, but through the fault of how we've been brought up from being pulled out of the womb. We expect everything to be done for us, yeah. and we expect the system to tell us what to do. Okay, so it's so it's so in your face now that. Anybody who is uh, an entrepreneur knows this because it is standard practice. If you tell somebody to read the small print, how many people do you actually <laughs> think are going to read the small one print? One in a thousand. If you're lucky, it'll be one in a thousand. Now, 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 let me just elaborate on that. If I was to set up a game, and this happened, and the game was to make you buy the monthly payments and you didn't like that game and you said, I don't want to play this anymore. How many people do you think statistically cancel, can be bothered to cancel that membership per month? I understand that the answer to this is not too many, that they allow it carry on, even though they're not using it. And that's a result of them being manipulated in some way by the game itself, right? Exactly my point of yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. all being manipulated yeah. in so many ways. So wake up, world. These cartoon so- games. Download the cartoon game. It's great fun. And wow. yeah, use the, use the in-app purchases. Set up a prescription. And then, yeah, I, I read I read in one of the newspapers some time ago that these organisations continue to make lots of money from people who don't want to play anymore, but don't 70%. cancel the subscription. Hey, 70%. Let, let, 70%, 70%, right. 70, it's not right. That's We're in the wrong business. <laughs> we better well, start design, designing Richard, some games. Richard, wow. why do you think I don't do that? Yeah. What, what, what I, don't, I just don't do it. I just will not do it. I will not do um, a membership. You can ask all my listeners. They keep saying, do a membership, do a membership. And I say, you know what? I don't want to do it because I know what a membership really is. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people out there who work damn hard to get people to become members and they work hard, just like my son and my daughter. They work hard and they really get up in the morning and know that they've got an absolute um, 100% uh, full focus on what they're doing because somebody has joined their membership for one for one month. And that is integrity. Now, let me tell you. They're doing good. Integrity. There's not much integrity in the world of high tech. No, there isn't. They are are there to take and they know that 70% will continue to pay and that's how they get rich. Amazing, isn't it? It's so so awful. It's so mendacious. Two comments that I must read and then you're going to wrap it up because uh, it's, it's, it's flying, boy. But when I say wrap it up, you're obviously going to comment on the messages we've had. So I'll read them first. Uh, Jen is a great friend of mine. She's in California. How you doing, Jen? 
and uh, she's got a great mum called Shirley, who for a while wasn't well, but she's back on her feet now, thank God. Jen says, Richie, I work very closely all day with four vaccinated people, plus seeing patients who I sit next to eight hours a day who are vaccinated. I've had five nosebleeds since April, and I never had a nosebleed in my life. That's my friend Jen. Now, here's one from Lisa. Richie, my husband has had two jabs, and I have had no energy ever since. On Sunday, I was dizzy for two hours, and then later on, I was very angry for no apparent reason, says Lisa, Mm -hmm. who's obviously not had the jabs, but her husband has had. So those are two, uh, and I'm sure there are more messages on Twitter as well coming in. Unsurprising. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. They're the telltale signs. Um, the question is what to do about it. And um, you, the only thing you can do right now is either, and, and this is happening a lot, people are leaving their partners, they're just going away. And some people are being wise and they're starting to look after their body. They're sleeping in separate bedrooms and they're saying, look, till this is over and I'm not getting nosebleeds, I'm not feeling angry. I'm just going to sleep in the other bedroom till everything's okay because you know what? I, I, my body is my temple and um, I honor it. And if you love me, you'll honor it too. If you really love me, of course. So, a lot of people are now starting to take what I'm taking. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I'm not a health um, uh, doctor in any way, but I, I, I can tell you what I take. And what I take is I, I take um, organic lemon peels and organic um, peels of, uh, come on, Mark, think about it, um, grapefruit. And then I, I, un- I peel them all and put them all in a pan, uh, all the peels, and then I put water in it and I boil it for two hours and then when it's cooled down I put them into bottles and take two teaspoons in the morning two teaspoons in the afternoon two teaspoons in an evening that is uh, amazing that helps there's also um people are talking about this a lot and it's called pine needle tea and funnily enough uh uh, just before the jab uh, happened and my clients will tell you this I made um an awakening oil and that was pine so I rub that on my um, temples I rub it on uh, the top of my head I rub it on my forehead um and it, and the back of my neck and that works really well when I'm out and I have to be around anybody who's jabbed so there's certain precautions uh, I take all the time now because I look after myself and I choose to stay away from people who are jabbed at the moment because I know it's affecting me. So I'm not saying there's, you know, I'm not telling everybody to stay away. I'm just staying away from them. And if we had that mutual um, agreement with each other, there'd be no problem. That's but right. it seems to me that they're, they're, why are we being attacked when actually it's them who are actually causing the issue? Trust me, they are. They, they are they, their energetic field is not the same as it once was. I can tell you that as a healer who has studied energy for 20 years. I, I've, I see energy. I can tell you what's wrong with you by just looking at your energy field. And that's not like a gift in a, per se. I've had to train myself hard every single day, seven days a week. So what that means is I can look at your energy field and say your left breast looks like it's uh, it's got pain and issue. So why is that? Why's your left breast got pain and issue? I'll say it feels like it was an emotional thing. So did your husband or your ex-husband have an affair? Yes, he did. So what happens is that affair enters into your body, that feeling, and produces a physical effect that could be um, um, uh, a disease. So 
I believe a lot of the times our diseases are caused by what we go through, what we see, and not just food or food that we eat and food that we don't eat, but it has a lot to do with what we've been through as children and abuse, which does no turn. Days. My mum died of stomach cancer because her husband was abusive. And that energy went into a stomach and ate away her stomach. So if you're vibrating now, because you've had two jabs, a, a vibration that nobody really knows. I don't know, but I know it's not right. And I'm having an effect and it's not healthy. So it makes sense that that energy, like an abusive man's energy, is going to enter into the body and is going to cause some kind of effect. So I'm just telling you how it is. Yeah. It's affecting people's nosebleeds. It's affecting people's moods. It's affecting people's eyes. It's affecting people's um, time of month. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm always on my period at the right time. Now it's all over the place. Well, because your energetic field is being attacked by somebody else's who's had the jab. And I'm sorry, guys. I hate saying this because it makes me sound like I hate you because you've had the jab. But it is. I don't hate you. I love you. But I hate the jab and I hate what's happening. But I can't lie. I've got to be honest. I have looked after 100 people who have had the jab. Out of them 100 people, seven have died. I mean, come on, guys. Please don't 7%. tell me there's nothing happening. You know, but, but you know, anybody who's had the jab, they're like, oh, my God. You know, and how do you think I feel saying that, yeah. thinking that now this is going to make you feel bad? So what I do is try and say to you, look, guys, you've had the jab. So now you now you have to build your immune system. You now have to work on your body. You now have to figure out what came in, what went inside you. Dare you do it? Yeah, just like all the rest who don't uh, knock off that membership site. No, who don't dare look at uh, because they can't be bothered looking at the um, uh, the that long list of uh, what you're about to sign for on an app. So it's the same thing. I don't want to look. Don't want to look. I'm lazy. I can't be bothered because I trust There's this no government or I trust now. this app. Right. So so now, guys, you're going to have to. So maybe what's happening is that this possibly the bigger picture to all of this is that now in your life, you're going to have to take responsibility for yourself. And Mark, we're going to wrap it because um, it's 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 ninety seconds to seven o'clock for this to repeat every two hours. We've got to wrap it there uh, for right. today, but we are going to pick this up again uh, mm -hmm. right soon. Uh, can I mention Mark's website, markbyerski.com, Mark's YouTube channel, Mark Byerski. Check it out if you haven't before. It's a pleasure having you Richard, on, mate. You know Richard, that, don't you? Richard, anybody who goes now to richieallen.com and donates £5 will be entered into a raffle for a €2,000 worth Moldavai. Do it now. You've got seven days. Oh, you're a gent for saying that. You don't have to do that. You know you know, it's I love done. you for but thank it's you very done. much. Um, do you want to repeat that again then? Because you said it, it. It's worth repeating. Go ahead, Mark. I've got a piece of Moldavite next to me, which is the highest piece of Moldavite that I've ever, one of the nicest, beautiful pieces of Moldavite that I've ever had. It's from Besanice and it's a hedgehog. It's desired and it's a museum piece. It's worth 2,000 euros. If you go and pay five euros to Rich Allen to support him, that gives you one ticket. You can buy as many tickets as you want, but you will be entered into a raffle in seven days from now. That raffle will be done on air with Rich Allen and the winner is going to get this 2,000 euros Moldavite. Thanks so much for that, mate. You know I, how much I appreciate it. It's incredible, the support. Um, Programmes like this don't exist without listener support. We'll never be behind a paywall either, ever, under any circumstances. There'll be no memberships here either. I really appreciate it, Mark. Thanks for doing that. MarkBayerski.com and Mark Bayerski on YouTube. Come back again real soon, mate. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Going out with Otis, Re Otis Redding, even, even. That's blown me away, that. 
and uh, I'll be back with you again tomorrow at seven at five o'clock UK time. Until then, bye now.